tonight lord we ask that you will move us further in the dimensions of this burning love in the name of jesus christ and cause it to be the experience of our hearts in the name of jesus christ and don't allow any waters to quench it in jesus name thank you heavenly father in jesus name we have prayed and all of god's people said amen okay please you may be seated now in the name of jesus we want to thank god for how far he has brought us since just about 24 hours ago that midnight cry commenced and what i feel led to do this evening is for us to read several scriptures and see how this burning love manifested in the lives of several people in scripture and many waters could not quench it let's go back to our text and read ecclesiastes rather song of solomon chapter 8 and verse 6 and 7 song of songs or song of solomon uh, chapter 8 verses 6 to 7 place me like a seal over your heart like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death its jealousy unyielding as the grave it burns like a blazing fire like a mighty flame many waters cannot quench love this burning love and rivers cannot wash it away if one were to give all the wealth of his house for love it would be utterly scorned hallelujah so we saw earlier this afternoon that there is a seal that must be upon our hearts and that seal is a person the love of our lord and savior jesus christ and we heard him calling us he said place me as a seal upon your heart and you know once you have a seal upon the heart it indicates ownership that heart is occupied there is no space for anything else just like a wedding ring if you were looking for wife and you saw a woman with wedding ring even though it's not a seal it's only those that are evil and wicked that will see the sign of our covenant with another man and still be going after her because something says this woman already is committed to a man she's married but for us as believers it's not a ring on our finger that we are wearing is a seal upon our hearts and anything that comes in contact with our heart meets the seal when temptation comes in contact with our heart our hearts are not open our hearts are not empty our hearts are not vacant our hearts are not available our heart also already bears a seal that cannot tolerate anything else 
place me as a seal upon your heart. And then when that seal is upon our heart, then the seal can now be upon our arms, like a seal upon your arm. The seal of love must be on our hearts before the work of our hands can be accepted before the Father. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. And we see that this love is burning love. Remember that I've showed you that when we talk about burning love, it's not first of all about our love that cannot be quenched. It is the love of God towards us that is ablaze, that is burning, that rivers of our iniquity, floods of our sins, all the sins of mankind, which became a flood as early as Genesis chapter 6, could not quench the love of God towards all of us, his people. He still gave his life for us despite our sins. And we establish that that same love cannot be quenched by the floods of attacks and problems and challenges. You hear God say, when you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. And when you go through the flood, the flood will not sweep you away. Why? He said, because I have loved you. They will not be able to quench my love for you. Nothing we go through in life will be able to quench the love that God has for us. And as long as that love is in place, there is hope. You remember that prayer that Miriam Martha prayed? They say, Lord, come and see something. The one that you love is sick. And you remember the reply from heaven. This sickness is not unto death, but that the Son of God may be glorified. You know, I like that manner of prayer, and I hope you remember it. When you want to pray, make an announcement. Say, Lord, behold, the one you love has come into your presence. Father, your beloved has arrived. What a way to start your quiet time. <laughs> what a way to begin your requests that you make unto the Lord because that is the truth his love towards us is measureless, it's boundless and it is because he loved us that we can love other people blessed be the name of Jesus Christ and the response of our hearts must be to love him with all our hearts with all our soul, with all our strength, let's go to the book of Matthew okay Matthew chapter 22 and then we're also going to read from Mark chapter 12. I just want to read those scriptures as we make some progress. That must be the response of our hearts to the love of God. Matthew chapter 22 and from verse 35. Then one of them, a lawyer, ask him a question, testing him and saying, Matthew 22 verse 36 now teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind he said this is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. What's the second? 
you shall love the your neighbor as yourself and then in verse 40 jesus makes a statement that is astounding if it was not the, that he was the one that said it nobody should believe it but look at what the master said in verse 40 he said on these two commandments do what hang what all the law and the prophets do you know when the bible talks about the law and the prophets that's the entire gamut that's the complete range of all the commands and all the messages and all the word that god has spoken to his people they are the law and the prophets jesus said the the law and the prophets we are until john huh? and then after that the kingdom of god is suffering violence and the violent take it by force they are pressing into it so jesus is saying here that all the laws of god and everything that all the prophets we are prophesying hang on these two commandments so i want you to pay attention i want you to listen very closely you see it means that the commandment to pray the commandment to give the commandment to preach the commandment to love your wife and to honor your husband the commandment to do good to people the commandment to evangelize every command that you can find in scripture is hanging on another command so if the command on which they are hanging is not secured there is nothing for them to hang upon you see this scripture explained to me why we give people commandments but they don't do the commandment we say you people you must give in this church look the giving that you are expecting is going to hang on something else what is it going to hang on it is going to hang on loving the lord your god with all your heart with all your might with all your soul and with all your strength if that one is not in place your shouting and commanding about giving has nothing to hang upon your command about preaching and evangelizing has nothing to hang upon some of some pastors don't understand why their church members don't give tight is because the commandment that we make people to give more than tight is not in place i don't know if you are following what i'm explaining to you here now you see the way jesus made the thing very clear even the call to preach and to evangelize every instruction that god has ever given to anybody and has ever spoken to his people hangs on two commandments in fact it hangs on one because the second commandment is a derivative of the first one what it means is that when you love the lord your god with all your heart eh, you now understand why the bible says that love is the fulfillment of the law have you read something like that before in the bible now the reason is because once the peg once the peg of the law you know if something is going to hang on something it means there is a hook are you following what i'm explaining now there is a hook 
So once the hook and the peg of love is firmly in place, then you can hang other things on it. You can hang the love for your husband, the love for your wife, the love, the fear of God. Even the fear of God can only hang on the love of God. If you read the Mark version of this passage, it begins with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I believe that that is very important because it is something we need to hear. There is only one person that has loved us with an everlasting love and we need to hear it very well. The hear comes before you shall love the Lord your God. If you don't hear, you can't love him. If you don't hear about this person that has loved you with an everlasting love, you cannot love him back. It's not possible. So he says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And because we have only one Lord who has loved us with an everlasting love, do you remember he said, Jacob I have loved, but Esau, what happened now? I have hated. In fact, he said, was not Esau Jacob's brother? Didn't the two of them come out of the same womb? <laughs> but I chose to love one person and to hate the other person. And then the person that God loved, you know, like Pastor Adelaja, the servant of God, was sharing with us in the morning, I never counted the number of times that the children of Israel were arguing with God in the book of Malachi until you taught this thing today, sir. Thank you. That at least seven times, I counted it again, I found number eight. God will say something and then he say, but you say, yet you say. So when God says, I have loved you, then you know what they said? Living Bible of that scripture said, really? When was this? <laughs> That's how the Living Bible puts it. God said, I have loved you. Israel as I say, really? When was this? The King James says, we are in, have you loved us? How? Since when? If the people of Israel didn't know we are in, the eternal Jehovah had loved them. We that are possessors of the benefits of Calvary, we ought to know. I said we ought to know. We know where he has loved us because he gave his life for us. So every command that we read in scripture is hanging on the command of love. And when that love is in place, note it says, you shall love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart. Not 90%. It's all or none. And you shall love him with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with all of your finances, with all of your imaginations, with all of your intelligence, with all of everything you are. There's only one person that must be the chief occupant of our hearts and our minds and our thoughts and our fingers and our agendas and our programs and our ambitions. The word is all. Everything we are everything we have, everything we can ever be, 
is already stamped with a seal of this one that loved us with an everlasting love. The word is all. The word is all. Come and hear the Bible. That's the place we read. He said, if a man will give all the possessions of his house in place of love, he said it will not be accepted. It will be scorned. It's as if a woman married a man and then the man is giving her property. But he didn't give her himself. It will be scorned. It will not be acceptable. So we will now make some progress and read just some basic scriptures. And I trust that as we read these scriptures very simply, the Spirit of God will give us a revelation of the kind of burning love that must be produced in our lives by virtue of the burning love of Jesus Christ that he has shown to us. Because you see, the Bible now says that the love of God that is in our heart is not a different kind of love. It is the love of God himself that has now been shed abroad, poured out into our hearts by the help of the Holy Spirit. So it is the same burning love that is present in the Father that is now resident in our hearts. So we love with the same love with which he has loved us. Does this make sense? We forgive with the forgiveness that we have received. We give out of the generosity with which he has treated us. We are generous because we are beneficiaries of his generosity. We bless because we are blessed by him. We cannot be blessed people and then be cursing people. It's not acceptable. It's not correct. We cannot be forgiven people and now refuse to forgive other people. We cannot be recipients, receivers of grace and then we refuse to give grace to other people. We love because he first loved us. We honor people because he has honored us. I don't know if you are seeing the flow. This flow started with the Father. Hallelujah. Many waters of our iniquities could not quench his love for us. He still sent his son to come and die and redeem us out of the water. Oh, 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 oh. I now understand why Jesus said, now, 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 now like this. I now understand why Jesus said, you are going to be fishers of men. Do you know where, why, why, why it is fishers of men? Because all the men are floating in a flood of iniquity. All the human beings are in a flood of wickedness. And what the gospel does is to pluck us out of that river of iniquity. But notice that we as fishes swimming in our ocean. Come and hear the book of Isaiah. He said, the wicked are like the troubled sea, which cannot rest. Whose waters cast up mire and death. Wickedness is like an ocean. It's like a sea. But many waters of our iniquities and our sins could not quench his love for us. So what did he do? He sent fishers to fish us out of the ocean of iniquity. 
And now, he has made us fishers of men so that other men that are still swimming in the same ocean of sin, we can use the hook of the gospel to get them out of that place. Somebody give God praise inside the house. Do you, do you, see, the, do you see the thing now? Oh God, hallelujah. Do you understand that? I now see, okay, so this is why Jesus said fishers of men. Fishers of men. Follow me and I will make you what I came to do. You will join me to do what I came to do. To gather men out of the ocean of their iniquity. I saw them in their sin, but many waters that had swallowed and surrounded them could not quench my compassion towards humanity. That's why I came from heaven. And it is the same love. Come and hear Brother Paul. He said, I, he said, my little children, he said, I yearn over you with the compassion of Christ himself. The bowels of mercies that are present in Jesus Christ. It's not another love. And the good news is that that love has now been shared abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit of God. So that what will happen? So that with the same love that we ourselves have received, we can love other people. We can love other people. Oh God, bring tenderness into your church. Why are our hearts so cold? Why are our hearts so hard towards people? No wonder Jesus Christ said, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one towards another. For you to know how far we have gone in the church, come and hear the kind of prayers that Christians are praying now. The people they are to love with the love of Jesus, they are asking the Father God to kill them. And they are praying it in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine the audacity of what you are doing? As if you yourself, you are not in the river of iniquity one time. And grace plucked you out. We see pictures of this love. Let's begin in Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 21. Now, from verse 1. These are the judgments which you shall set before them. God, God is telling Moses, these are my judgments. These are my decisions. <laughs> which you are to set in front of my people. If you buy a Hebrew servant, he will serve you for six years. And then in the seventh year, he shall go out free. He will not pay you anything. If he comes in by himself, he shall go out by himself. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. Verse 4. If his master has given him a wife and she has borne him sons or daughters, the wife and her children shall be her master's and he shall go out by himself. Now look at verse 5. Look at that verse 4. If it was his master that gave him wife, huh? and then the wife gave birth to children for him while he was a servant in his master's house. You notice, if he came by himself, he's free to go out by himself 
at the end of the tenure. But if it was his master that gave him everything that he has, and he wants to go away, he wants to claim his freedom, when he's going to go, he must leave behind everything that the master gave him. And then he will go. Now look at verse 5. There's another alternative. There's another alternative for this slave. But if the servant plainly, plainly, that means clearly and definitely, not by force and not by coercion, not by deception, not because anybody, you know, uh, twisted him and they deceived him or cajoled him into, into saying it, if the servant plainly says, I love my master. Notice the order. <laughs> Notice the order. It's not if the servant plainly says, I love my wife and my children. What does the servant say in that scripture? If the servant clearly states, I love my master and my wife and my children. You know, in this scripture there, you have a biblical order for attending to your family. I love my master. The reason a lot of our families are in crisis is because the love of the master is not supreme inside the house. People love their rights more than they love their master. I love my master. My wife and my children. And because I love my master and my family, I will not go out free. I choose to remain a slave because I love my master. I love my master. Ah, ah. They turned to the man, they said, six years have already been completed. This is year number seven. You are free to go outside. You can find another wife. The man said, I love my master. I may be able to find another wife, but I will not find another master like my master. I love my master. Do you love him more than your freedom? He said, I love my master. But you can go and struggle and become a master by yourself. He said, I love my master. I don't want this freedom. Now, notice the next thing that is going to happen. It's found in verse 6. So when he says that very clearly, what would they do to him in verse 6? Then his master shall bring him to the judges. Now, when they bring him to the judges, he will repeat what he said. The judges will say, did you say you don't like your freedom? He said, I love my master. My wife and my children, I will not be free. The judge said, do you understand what you are saying? Everybody is clamoring for freedom. He said, any freedom that will take me away from my master, I am not interested. I love my master. They say, what, can, what did the master do to you? Were you not a slave inside his house? He said, I love my master. 
they will turn to the master and ask him are you the one that is forcing this man to stay in your house the master will say please ask him ask him look at his certificate of freedom i am ready to sign it just let him talk they say yes i love my master they say okay then the judges look at the next thing that will happen look at then they will bring him to the door <laughs> the door the door the door of all the places in the house the door you know there is somebody who called himself the door <laughs> they will bring him to the door and when they bring him to the door and to the doorpost of which house of his master's house then the master will take a nail listen look up at me here picture now that this is the door then they will take a nail put his ear on the wooden doorpost and they will take a sharp object and then they will take a hammer and his ear will be hammered into the into the wood into the doorpost imagine the pain and as he's screaming in that pain with his ear to the doorpost what is going on in his heart is i love my master i love my master i love my master and then they will pull out the nail his ear will be dripping with blood you know doctors will tell you the ear has a lot of blood inside the ear will be dripping dripping with blood and as he's entering back into that house there is a trail of blood there is now a blood covenant and look at what the bible now says and he shall serve him forever when another six years come some people will be getting free <laughs> you will tell them bye bye what if the master changed after he did this he has one song ringing inside his heart I love my master nail me to the door of his house I am not going anywhere I'm not going anywhere <laughs> we have a master and he has some slaves that are no longer interested in freedom the freedom that will allow them to go and roam and have other masters they have found the master that is after their heart the one that gave his life so that they can be saved and they are not going anywhere anymore their ears are nailed to the door they have a hole in, the, in their ear he says sacrifices and offering thou wouldest not 
but my ear you have pierced. <laughs> I love my master. What kind of love is this? It is the love of God himself. Let's look at the life of David and see what happened the kind of the love of God that David manifested. Second Samuel chapter 18. Second Samuel chapter 18. Uh, Pastor Lager. Thank you. Second Samuel chapter 18. If you know the story, if you know the story, it was when Absalom, you remember that Absalom rebelled against, thank you, Absalom rebelled against David, you remember, and chased him away. And, excuse me, Absalom chased David away. Cut the long story short, eventually there was a fight. And when they were going into this fight, please look at verse 5, chapter 18, verse 5. 2 Samuel chapter 18 and verse 5. Look at the instruction that David gave. Verse 5. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. The, <laughs> see what is going on here. You know that Absalom is the one that just chased his father away. Correct? Absalom slept with all the concubines that David left to look after the house. And he did it in the open sun. He made himself abominable. Can you attend to this, please? Our technical people, this blinking. Uh, solve the problem immediately, please. Thank you. Absalom made himself odious, rebellious, terrible, stink in the sight of David and the whole of Israel. He chased away his father. Absalom is now sitting on the throne. And the real king, his soldiers are going to go to the war front to go and fight the battle. And what does he say to the people? He said, please, please, please. We want the kingdom back. But please, for my sake, <laughs> deal gently with the young man, Absalom. Did you hear what he called him? <laughs> with the young man, Absalom. So the battle was fought. The battle raged on that day. Huh? The battle raged. Look at verse 9. Then Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode on a mule. Look, the battle was very fierce. People were scattered. Every one was fighting. Even the woods killed people. A lot of people died. 20,000 were killed. 
Verse 9, then Absalom met the servants of David. And Absalom rode on a mule. And the mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebin tree. And his head caught in the tree, in the terebin. So that he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And the mule under him went away. Do, do, you, do you see what is going on here? Absalom is riding, riding, riding. And then he entered into this, came to this tree and his hair. You remember that that hair was Absalom's pride. You will cut his hair once a year. And the Bible tells us that the weight of the hair was serious. His pride was what hung him on a tree. And as he was hanging there, the mule that was under him ran off. So his hair was entangled in the branch. And Absalom was dangling like this, hanging in the air there. Verse 10. A certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging on a tree there. So Joab said to the man who told him, you just saw him? Did you say you saw him? Why didn't you strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. <laughs> but the man said to Joab, though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, though, I will not raise my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Itai, saying, beware lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. Otherwise, I will have dead falsely against my own life, oh, for there is nothing hidden from the king. And you yourself, you will have set yourself against me. When the matter will be discussed, you say you don't know about it. You. Then Job said, why am I wasting time with you? Get away from here. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of the terrible tree. He threw them into his heart and Absalom died. Cut the long story short, they carried the story to go and tell Israel, uh, David. So look at with me now at verse 30. Please look at verse 30. Just then, the Cushite. So the king said to the other servants, turn aside and stand there. So he turned aside and stood still. Just then, verse 31 now, the Cushite came and the Cushite said, there is good news, my lord the king, for the lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose up against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is a young man Absalom safe? Notice the question. Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all those who rise against you to do you harm be like that young man. Ah! Look at verse 33. Then the king was deeply moved and he went up to the chamber over the gate and he wept and as he went he said to us oh my son Absalom my son my son Absalom if only I had died in your place oh Absalom my son 
my son. And Joab was told, chapter 19, verse 1, Joab was told, Behold, the king is weeping, you know, and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard it said that day that the king is grieved for his son. Jump down to verse 4. But the king covered his face and the king cried out with a loud voice, Oh, my son, Absalom! Oh, Absalom! My son! My son! My son, Absalom! Oh, Absalom! My son! My son! My son, Absalom! Oh, Absalom! If only I had died in your place, Absalom, my son, my son. Brothers and sisters, do you understand what is going on here? What are you talking about? This is the person that was looking for David to kill him. Remember that Ahitophel gave counsel. And if the counsel that Ahitophel gave had been carried out, David would have been a dead man. Absalom is not taking the throne so that David can be alive on exile somewhere. He wanted to wipe him out. And now here, Absalom is dead. And David, his mind very far away from a throne, is mourning for his son. My son, Absalom, my son, my son, my son. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son. For a rebel, for a coup plotter. And the Bible says the victory that day was turned into money. So all the victorious warriors that came from the battle, the Bible says all of them sneaked into their houses. And the king sat in the gate, my son, my son, Absalom, my son. They say your kingdom has just been restored. My son, my son, Absalom, my son. Would to God that I had died in your place. What kind of heart is this? What kind of love is this? That will raise a cry like this for a rebel. Does it mean that David didn't care about other people that died? He cared. If you know the man, you know that he is not a reckless fellow that doesn't care about his soldiers. But there is something about his son, my son, my son, my son, Absalom. How I wish that my life went for your life. We will see a third example still in the book of 2 Samuel. Please go with me to chapter 21. The story is long and I'm not going to try to read the entire story. I want to summarize it for you. In fact, maybe let's just be reading it because that will even make it quicker. You will see. There was a famine. That's in verse 1. Now there was a famine. 2 Samuel 21 verse 1. There was a famine in the days of David for three years. Year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered, It is because of Saul and his bloody, bloodthirsty house, because he killed the Gibeonites. Excuse me, how long did this famine last, everybody? Year after year after year after year. 
famine for three consecutive years. Second Samuel 21, verse 1. And then the Bible says, after three years, what did David do? He inquired of the Lord. You know, in my mind, in my meditation, as I was looking at that scripture, I was asking, why did he wait for three years? What if he asked the Lord after one year of famine? The Lord will have answered. I don't want to be diverted, but there's a lesson there. Don't, you don't need to wait for long before you seek God over certain matters. When you notice that something is not going the way it is supposed to go, go to the Lord and ask him. Don't wait for three years. Because two years of that famine could have been avoided if David began the inquiry earlier. But of course, thank God that he inquired of the Lord, which was his habit. A great habit. Now, look at the next thing there. So the king called the Gibeonites. What are we going to do for you? The Gibeonites, we are not Israelites. They were actually Amorites. That Remember, they are the ones that deceived Joshua into signing a treaty. So they had continued living in Israel. So Saul went and started killing them in violation of the oath that Joshua had sworn to those Gibeonites. So there was judgment, retribution coming. So David said, what are we going to do for you? So the Gibeonites said, we don't want silver. That is in verse 4. We don't want gold. We don't want anything from uh, Saul's house. David said, anything you say, I will do. Verse 5. Then they said to the king, as for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the territories of Israel. Let seven men of his descendants be given to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord chose. And the king said, I will give them. We are not told that David asked God. We are not told that David... So, as you read this story, don't blame God. Don't say, how could God allow this thing we are about to read to happen? I wish that David had gone to God and said, Ah, Lord, see what the Gibeonites said, though. Is there no other way around this matter than killing these innocent people? They are not the ones that... And the Bible says, the children should not die for the sin of their parents. They are not the ones that, even though they are from the house of Saul, they are not the ones that, that killed Gibeonites. But David said, I will do what you said. So look at what David did. He spared Mephibosheth, verse 7 the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. Because of the Lord's oath that was between him and Jonathan, between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So David doesn't want to take Mephibosheth and break one covenant where he's trying to correct a problem from a broken covenant. <laughs> and he said, no, not Mephibosheth. And you know the Mephibosheth is the one that should die. He, he's already quartered to death. He's crippled. <laughs> hey! The covenant that exists between the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ cannot allow him to give us to be the ransom for evil in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Father will spare you. I said the Father will spare you. He will give Egypt and Ethiopia as a ransom for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And if there are Ethiopians and Egyptians that are believers, you will find somebody else to give for their own ransom. <laughs> <laughs> because there are Egyptian believers I was teaching in Haggai and there were some leaders from Egypt in the class 
And so when you start reading what God did to Egypt in the Bible, <laughs> you forget that now you have some Egyptians that are Christians. <laughs> Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the king took, look at verse 8. So the king, now look at verse 8 very closely because the matter that brought us here is about to be revealed. So the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth. That's another Mephibosheth now. Eh? Just like two people can answer Musa, Musa, but they are two different Musas. Eh? So the king took Armoni and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Rispa. 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 Don't forget that name. Don't forget that, madame. Rispa. The daughter of Aya, whom she bore to Saul. Rispa was Saul's concubine. Not his proper wife. Concubines were allowed in those days. And she bore two sons to Saul, the king. Ammonai and Mephibosheth. So David took Ammonai and Mephibosheth, the two sons of Rispa, the daughter of Aya, whom she bore to Saul. And then he also took five sons of Michael. Actually, it's Merab. Merab, the daughter of Saul, whom she bore and brought up for Adriel, the son of Basilai, the Meholatite. Bible scholars believe that Merab was the mother of those children and Michael helped to raise them up. That resolves the difficulty. But it's Merab. Remember that Michael was childless. Do you remember that? Michael, the daughter of Saul, was childless. Now, follow the story now. So, David delivered these seven people into the hands of the Gibeonites. That's verse 9. And they hanged them on the hill before the Lord. So, they fell. All seven of them together. They were put to death in the days of the harvest. In the first days of the harvest. In the beginning of the barley harvest. These seven people died not for their own sins. Are you following the matter now? But as an atonement for the evil of another person. Please now, everybody look at verse 10. I want you to see something that brought us to this passage. So these seven people are dead. Now, Rizpa, the daughter of Aya, 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 Rizpa, the daughter of Aya, Aya, she took sackcloth and spread it for herself on the rock. She spread it for herself on the rock. From the beginning of harvest until the late rains poured on them from heaven. And she did not allow the beds of the air to rest on them by day nor the beasts of the field to touch them by night. Look, 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 people of God, look and, and listen. This woman, two of her sons, Armoni and Mephibosheth, we are among those that we are hanged. And there were five other people that we are hanged. Sons of Merab, the daughter of Saul. So imagine these seven men, imagine the bodies of these seven men hanging on some poles or on some branches. The mother of two of them, her sons are now dead. 
And don't forget that the Bible says, cursed is everyone that is hung on the tree. And according to the Bible, according to the law of God in the book of Deuteronomy, the Bible says you should not leave the body of anybody that is hung on the tree overnight because the person is accursed. You must remove that curse. But because these ones are hanging there as an atonement, their bodies we are left hanging. So the mother of one of them, of two of them, Rispa, the daughter of Aya, she took sackcloth. Sackcloth in the Bible is used for mourning. Do you understand that? It is cloth that is used for sack. I, there is a way I understand English sometimes. I just break the word into two. Sack, cloth. Cloth for sack. <laughs> it's not cloth for human beings to wear. It is cloth that is used for making what? Sack. You know that kind of jute bags that they use to store granites and store some other things? That's the kind of bag. When you wear it or when you deal with sackcloth, it's a sign that you are mourning. The Bible said, Aya took, Rispa, the daughter of Aya, took sackcloth and she spread it on the rock for herself. And two of her sons are hanging. This is a mother. This is a mother. Two of her sons are hanging. Just imagine that they are hanging from these poles. And then you have five other corpses, five other men hanging. She took sackcloth and spread it for herself. And she stayed there. From the beginning of the harvest until the rains began to pour on them. I studied the Bible. Bible scholar says it was about five months. It's about five months. It's about five months. Some other scholars say, well, maybe it was not as long as that. It was until, you know, there had been famine. It was now maybe until the rains came. God released rain. Whatever it was, I want you to picture this mother sitting on sackcloth. And she's watching the bodies of these seven men. Looking at her sons hanging. And she's watching. The Bible says during the day, when the vultures want to get near the body, all the birds will scatter and Rispa will take her place. In the night, when the wild animals, because the bodies we are not hanging too far above, so the wild animals could actually jump and grab at the bodies and start eating the bodies. We are not told which kind of wild animals. We are not told the wild animals. I want you to listen here. Because when you read wild animal, it's not, it's not Zomo. It's not rabbit. It's not rat. We are talking of coyotes. We are talking about wolves. We are talking of hyenas. We are talking of terrible wild animals. When they came to grab these bodies, Rispa, the daughter of Aya, <laughs> Rispa, the daughter of Aya, <laughs> some wild animals we turn and look at, Rispa say, yeah. <laughs> 
woman, what a woman, what a woman, what a mother, what a mother, what a mother, what a mother. Then whisper. <laughs> we'll sit down again. <laughs> the tears are running from her eyes as she's looking at her. I'm talking about a mother. That has only two sons. And the husband that could have brought another son, the son has been killed. Saul is dead. So she's no longer a baby. For five months. What kind of love is this? What is happening inside Rispa's heart? You know what Rispa was saying? Rispa was saying, My sons are dead, but they will not be left hanging like this. So look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Have you seen the next verse? And David was told what Rispa, the daughter of Ayah, the concubine of Saul, what she had done. They say, Your Majesty, ha, Your Majesty, there is something going on there. The mama has refused to go away. The mama has refused to go away. The bodies are getting rotten, hanging on the tree there. But their mother has gone. You know, as I was reading that scripture, I'm asking myself, where is the mother of the five? We are not told. We don't know whether Merab was still alive, but I'm asking, where is their mother? you think that if a mother can do that for dead children mothers ought to take a stand against all the vultures and all the birds of the air and all the wild animals that are coming after their living children they told David what Rispa had done and David, look at the next thing David did. Then David went and took the bones of Saul, the bones of Jonathan, his son, from the men of Jabesh Gilead, who had stolen them from the streets of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hung them, after the Philistines had struck Saul down in Geboa. So he brought up the bones of Saul, the bones of Jonathan, his son, from there, and they gathered the bones of those who had been hanged. So you see, by this time, what was remaining was their bones. But wild animals did not eat their flesh. So as they were getting rotten, Mispa was, uh, 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 what's her name? Rispa, the daughter of Ayah, was sitting in the place. As their body was getting rotten, the stench did not chase Rispa away. The smell did not chase Rispa away. She was looking at the atonement. She was looking at the ones that had died so that Israel can have rain and Israel will not be destroyed. And David went and buried them. They buried the bones of Saul and they buried the bones of his sons in the country of Benjamin. 
and they performed all that the king had commanded and after that God listened to their prayer for the land my dear brothers and sisters when I read about this woman and I can see how Rispas never took her eyes away from where her sons were hanging do you know that in my mind I can picture the father God he never removed his eyes from where his son Jesus was hanging as Mispa was gazing at her sons I believe that's how the father was looking at Calvary where his one son was hanging as the atonement for the whole world and now those of us that benefit from that atonement where else should our eyes be looking where, eyes, where else should our eyes be gazing if not on the one that was lifted up on our behalf no wonder the hymn writer says in the cross in the cross be my glory ever until my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river one stanza there said near the cross O Lamb of God Bring its sins before me And help me walk from day to day With its shadow over me In the cross in the cross be my glory ever until my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river Rispa, the daughter of Aya. Hey! Brothers and sisters, is there someone so precious to us that we will not take away our eyes from where he is hanging? We will not remove our eyes. And any bird of the air, any wild animal that wants to touch what is precious to us, if Rispa can chase them away, you can also chase them away. When Abraham had a covenant with God, the Bible says he divided the animals. The vultures would like to come down from heaven. Abraham chased all of them away. So you see that the love we are talking about is not feeling. It's not a feeling. The servant with the ear by the door, it was more than a feeling. David and Absalom, it was more than a feeling. Rispa, it was more than a feeling. It was commitment that will not be quenched. Commitment. Floods. Do you know that as it was raining, it was raining on Rispa, the daughter of Aya. 
but many waters could not quench her love for her children that we are hanging on the tree there. If Rizpa can do that for the dead, where is that burning love for the living? Let's go over to the New Testament and see one or two examples and close. In, in Acts of the Apostles, we see this burning love. displayed with the believers look at chapter 2 look at chapter 2 so from verse 40 Peter had preached that powerful sermon on the day of Pentecost now from verse 40 and with many other words he testified and exhorted them saying be saved from this perverse generation verse 41 then those who gladly received his word, they were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. And look, verse 42, they continued, everybody says steadfastly, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together. And they had how many things? All things in common. Verse 44. They had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and their goods and divided among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Please look at chapter 4. Chapter 4 from verse 32. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, no, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and they laid them at the apostles feet and they distributed to each as anyone had need blessed be the name of Jesus Christ we see this love manifested in sharing imagine people selling their property and bringing the resources so that the needs of people could be met Imagine people sharing. Can you imagine a church where there was not one person that had a need? I didn't say want. I said need. There's a difference between need and want. Not one person. This burning love, the same love that gave freely to them, 
was manifesting freely through them to reach other people. We see the burning love in the way they suffered for the gospel. When they came to give testimony, their back was bleeding. Their back was bleeding. After they had beaten uh, Peter and, uh, and John and the other apostles, they came to fellowship and they were dancing. And they were dancing. They said, what's the testimony, sir? They said, can you imagine? Me, the fisherman of Galilee, I have been accounted worthy to suffer for the man of Galilee. Hey. And then Peter was dancing. He was giving testimony as his back was bleeding. Can you imagine a church like that today? Where are those kind of Christians? Can you imagine as they were beating them? Then they now told them, say, look, you must stop preaching. We don't want to hear your voice anymore. <laughs> they laugh. They say, Oga, Oga, high priest, whether it is right in the sight of God for us to listen to you more than we are going to listen to God, you are the one that we judge that, oh, but as for us, we cannot but. <laughs> Did you hear? Listen to, listen to the language. They say we cannot but speak of the things which we have heard and which we have seen. You know that scripture is very interesting. They say we cannot but. We cannot but. Do you know why it is like that? In the original there are two negatives. Literally, do you know the way the thing sounds? It is, we are not able not to speak. We are not able not to speak. We are unable not to speak. I don't know if you are... <laughs> what did you say, sir? We, we, we cannot not speak. We are not able to stop. Are you playing the matter? You know that what you can do what you like with us, but there is something that is burning inside us that will not allow us to keep quiet. And we need to let you know on time, so that when we start preaching again, you will not say that we didn't tell you. <laughs> yeah. You are wondering why Christianity is the way it is. It's because there is nothing burning in the hearts of the average church member today. The prime is using Jesus to make his life better. He has his own agenda. And they have told him that if you come to church and they pray for you, life will be well for you. He is, there is no seal upon the heart that is burning. But look at these apostles. You can do what you like with us, but we want to let you know on time. <laughs> we cannot stop. So as they were being released, the high priest and the chief priest and the low priest, all of the priests knew <laughs> that these people will not stop. You know what happened? After some time, they arrested them. They said, did we not command you not to preach in the name of this man? And now you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. And you are planning to bring the blood of this man on our head. 
one time some of them got to some places and you know what they said they said these men that turned the world upside down they have arrived there they have arrived there and mr jason has welcomed them Acts chapter 17 verse 6 he said those people that turned the world upside down they are in town they have arrived have they arrived in this town have they arrived in this town have they arrived there in the face of threats in the face of death many waters of persecution excuse me sir do you know the persecution that these believers suffered in the new testament in the hands of these judaism people the chief priest the high priest the beatings you need to read what brother paul suffered he said five times i received of the jews the 39 lashes not the ones he received from the Romans. Do, do, do you see the difference? The ones he received from the Romans are different from the ones he received from the Jews. He said, three times I was beaten with rods. He said, once I was stoned. I have been in danger with brethren, false brethren, in danger on the water, in danger in the bush, in danger from wild animals, in danger from, 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 from robbers. I have been floating on the ocean for 36 hours, one and a half days. I have been on the ocean. The water was pushing me up and down, but the water of the ocean could not quench the love of God that was born inside my heart. imagine somebody floating on the Mediterranean Ocean for one and a half days and when he landed on the shore oh, oh, he began to preach brothers and sisters I can't go beyond this point if we have any little space tomorrow we are going to still look at a matter but tonight we hear God says, you are going to love the Lord your God. How? With all of your heart. With all of your soul. With all of your strength. With all of your might. With all of your resources. So what is left? What about my certificate? With all of your certificates. Does it mean I'm not going to walk? They say, even when you are walking, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy walk. You heard the testimony that the servant of God was sharing. Reverend Akamu, you heard the testimony. Even the classroom, he was loving the Lord his God with all of his students, with all of his lectures. So it means that wherever you are located, whether it is on the pulpit in the church or in the house or on the street, the word is, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with everything. There is nothing left out. We see the slave, we saw the slave that had freedom. The freedom, the six years, he has finished. He is free to walk away. And he said, I love my master. And you know, when the slave is saying that, he knows what they will do to him when they get to the door. 
He knows because he's written. He knows. Other slaves have traveled that road. He knows. I love my master. And when they brought him to that door and they put that nail to his ear and they hit it, can you imagine the pain that seared into his spirit, soul, body, right down to his toes and toenails? Each cell in his body was screaming, I love my master. What's the reason for this pain? Because I love my master. Why are you hanging by this door like Mumu as if you don't know where to go? As if you don't know how to be free? Because I love my master. You know, brother, let me tell you something. Some Christians are too free. You are too free. You are too free. Do you know what we are supposed to do with the freedom that Jesus purchased for us? We are supposed to carry our freedom and report to the door. See, when Jesus set us free, do you notice that when Jesus healed people, what did Jesus tell them? He said, go thy way. Do you remember that statement? He said, go your way. But many of them, did they go their way? They followed him in the way. So, for us, when Jesus has saved us and forgiven us and set us free, no wonder the Bible says, for freedom, Christ has set you free. But don't use your freedom as an excuse for the flesh. What do you do? Bring your ear to the door now that you are free and say, my master, I am free. I'm free to go anywhere. You have set me free. But I'm not going anywhere. I love my master. Hammer me to the door. Hammer my ear to the door. I am yours forever. I am yours forever. We saw Rispa, the daughter of Aya, who will not remove her eyes from the atonement? Compassion will not allow her to go in the rain. She was fighting wild animals and fighting birds under the rain, under the sun, under the elements. For months, Rispa stayed there. What kind of commitment is this? If she would show such a commitment to these ones that are hanging, how much more should our hearts, how much more should our hearts never depart? From the one that hung on the cross as our atonement. And then we close with this New Testament church that was burning with the love of the master. As they were beating them, and they say, Look, we will stop beating you. We are going to set you free if you keep quiet. I hear them say, I love my master. I love my master. We are not going free. We prefer prison if it is going to glorify our master. Tonight, as we go to God in prayer, and we are going to pray for a few minutes, and we are out of here, my prayer is that our hearts we yearn for this burning love to be kindled in our spirit. Is somebody hungry for this love of God to overwhelm our hearts? For this love that will not let us go to become the driving force of our lives. Please rise up on your feet and let us pray tonight. Let's respond to God. Let's respond to God.
please let's pray let's respond to god oh thank you jesus 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 hallelujah thank you jesus oh son of god thank you thank you for your love Thank you for your love. We love him because he first loved us. Deep is calling on to deep. Burning love is calling for burning love. Dear Lord, many waters could not quench your love for us. Many waters cannot quench your love for us. Many waters cannot quench your love for us. Birth in our spirits. Birth in our spirits. An unquenchable love for you. Birth in our spirits. An unquenchable love for you. Father, tonight birth in our spirits an unquenchable love for you notoroko teko satori babaratai itlorosu dandezantita barabaratai birth in our hearts an unquenchable love for you I love my master. I love my master. Nail me to the door. Nail me to the door. I love my master. I surrender my freedom. I love my master. I'm not wandering about. I will not go where others go. I will not go to fend for myself. I love my master. I love my master. Put my ear to the doorposts. Call your not a man post until and time. is a love slave what you la toba karanite rantoya burning love
Lord Jesus, tonight, shed abroad in our hearts afresh, Son of God. Shed abroad in our hearts afresh, unquenchable love in response to your unquenchable love. Many waters, many waters cannot quench love. I cannot take a prosipate, manonite, lisapata. Deep is calling on to deep. Deep is calling on to deep at the noise of your water spouts. All of your waves and your billows have gone over me. Let unquenchable call forth unquenchable. And let fire call forth fire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. There are some prayers, definite prayers we want to pray tonight. And then we are out of here. The first prayer, there is no assumption. If you are in this gathering tonight and you have not definitely met Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Your sins have not been forgiven you. You know that you have not repented from your sins. You have not experienced the love of Jesus. I want you to listen. All the waters and rivers and flood of your sins, they have never quenched the love of God for you. He loves you. And in love, he's calling you tonight. He's calling you to repent so that he can show you mercy. He's calling you to the foot of the cross. He's calling you so that he's grace can wipe away your past and give you a new life and i want to give you opportunity you are here tonight and you are saying jesus so despite all that i have done you still love me please put up your hand above your head i want to pray with you you are saying jesus so despite my sins you still love me i am coming to you tonight raise the hand above your head thank you raise it above your head raise it up raise it up Thank you, thank you. I can see the hands. Raise it up, 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 up. Wave it at me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. As you are putting up your hands, please come forward. Come walk down to me here. Just leave your place and come. I want to pray with you. Thank you, my brother. Sister, thank you. Come now. Come, come, young man, come. God bless you. Please kneel down and talk to Jesus. Say, Jesus, have mercy upon me. Please come. Thank you. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Talk to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I have come to you. 
Jesus have come. Thank you. Yes, please come. Come, hurry up. Jesus wants you. He said, if anybody that comes to me, I will not cast him out. Come, come as you are. Don't wait until you can, you can, you can change yourself. You cannot change yourself. Come to Jesus. Jesus will change you and give you a new heart. I said, no matter what you have done, no matter where you have been, Jesus is calling you tonight. Hurry up. Run, run, run from the back where you are and come and receive the love of Jesus. Now begin to ask him to forgive you. Confess your sins to him. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner and you still love me. I have come to you tonight. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, change my heart. Now pray, my sister, pray. Say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, wash me. Jesus, change me. Jesus, receive me. Jesus, Jesus, save me. I call upon your name. Thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Savior. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, glory to the Son of God. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. We, I come to you tonight. I come to you, Jesus. You still love me. Despite my sins. Jesus. I repent of my sins tonight. Come into my heart. As Lord and Savior. Jesus. Take over now. Jesus. Wash me. Change my heart. Jesus. I call upon your name. You are the son of God. I receive you tonight. As my Lord. And my Savior. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your love. Jesus, thank you for saving me, for forgiving me. Hallelujah. Now begin to thank him. Open your mouth and thank him. He has forgiven you. Your past is cancelled. No matter what happened, no matter what you did, Jesus has forgiven you. Thank you, Savior. Hallelujah. Blessed be God forevermore. In the name of Jesus Christ. Eternal Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters. In the name of Jesus, Satan, your power is broken over their lives. Their sins are washed away tonight. In the name of Jesus, receive a new heart. Father, right now, write their names in the book of life. Your past is cancelled in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the miracle of salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. Now, stand up here, all of you. Can you come with our brother here? Just go with him and just, just please see him raising up his hand. You will go back to your seat shortly, but go with him first. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Two more prayers we are going to pray tonight. As many of us are saying to the Lord, don't allow me to remove my eye from that place of atonement. Stamp Calvary upon my heart. If Rispa will not remove her eyes away from the place of atonement, from where her sons died, 
why should our hearts ever be disconnected from where Jesus paid our price? Can you lift up your voice tonight and say, Father, stamp Calvary upon my heart. Stamp Calvary upon my eyeballs. Cause me to see the cross perpetually where Jesus paid my price. To glory in the cross. Idu pari makanata yabanta. Agusu wanta yanta yanta. Ido zumami no nidisinitete. Ido, ido, ido na. Ido, 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 na. Ido dani no nitenditento. Tendesundaranatantaya. Ilados itame kanitele karata. Karani no nitendesupami nenite baratai. Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, stamp the cross upon our hearts. Lord, that we may love you, that we may behold your love for us, and that love may be called forth from our hearts in response to your love. Don't pass us by tonight. Don't pass us by tonight. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Finally tonight, finally tonight, we are going to pray for a fresh baptism of love. I said we are going to pray for a fresh baptism of love. Look at David. Look at David. Absalom, my son, my son. For a rebel. For somebody who wanted to kill him. Would to God that I had died in your place. Oh, brothers and sisters, we are going to pray for a fresh baptism of love for our families, for rebels, for our enemies, for the brethren, such as we see in Acts of the Apostles, for compassion towards the people of God, compassion towards the lost. Would you like to ask the Lord to baptize you afresh with burning love? Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray. But you're not talking about si pateta minami non yente bambayata.
waves of compassion waves of compassion are there people you need to forgive release them there is compassion flowing in your heart compassion you will fish people out of the rivers of iniquity you will be a fisher of men compassion for the lost is rising in your spirit love that will not let you go a fresh baptism Unquenchable. God is pouring burning love into your heart. There's a baptism taking place tonight. There's a baptism. It's a baptism of the love of God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Just lift up your hands towards the Lord. Just lift up your hands as we pray. Lift up your hands. There's a flow from heaven. There's a tenderness coming to our hearts. Just receive. Receive the outpouring of the love of God. Toward the one that paid our price. Toward rebels that are still lost in sin. And towards the people of God. Receive a fresh compassion. A baptism of charity. Pouring into your spirit from above. Father, we thank you for it tonight. We receive such love tonight. Unquenchable. Unquenchable. Towards you, towards the brethren, and towards the lost. 
towards our families. Holy Spirit of God, you are the chief distributor of this love of the Father. Now, shed it abroad afresh in our hearts and in our spirits. And may love never let us go. Lord, we present our ears tonight. Henceforth, we are your love slaves. Nail our ears to the door. All the days of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And amen. Amen. Let's give God praise. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Glory to the Son of God. Thank you, Jesus.